Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. So Eric Bilstein, I inadvertently stumped Greg Matzik there. I mean, just, I, well, I, I didn't mean to. I, I did it apparently, and, and he was just really laboring to try to come up with an answer. It was because he... He said that you know, Colton Wong, who's the, one of the big free agent signings, mm-hmm. you know, he was been on the injured list. They brought him back. He's in the starting lineup today. So my question was, who did they send down to to make room for him? You know, you have to. Ah, that's right. And, and poor Greg, he just stood there and he was just kind of like staring, and you could just tell. He, and he was he was like trying to process. He said, "Press release. I'm I'm not exactly positive. I, said, well, it, I didn't mean it to be a stumper. I was just kind of curious because, see, here's what I think is going to happen at okay. some point in time. All right, Keston Hira." Who oh, right. was you know? I mean, when they brought him up a couple of years ago, the guy just just could hit, and and I mean, I think he's a great hitter, but but he's he's lost right now, mm-hmm. and Agreed. he is also. Now I say this with a grain of salt because he's a major league baseball player. Give him credit, but he's not strong in the field. I mean, he 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 is he is a liability. They yes. moved him from second yes. base to first base. He's trying to learn a new position. So I'm not being I'm not being overly critical, but he's trying to learn this position. You you don't have him in there for his mm-hmm. defense. You have him in there because he's hitting. And this year so far, I mean, he's he's just flat Nothing. out not hitting. Nothing. He's hitting like 100. So. My question is, and I was kind of wondering if when they brought Wong back, they would send Hira down. At some point in time, if he doesn't start hitting, it seems to me that what you do is what they did, what they've done with other players in the past. You, you send them down to the minor leagues and, and let them work it out. Mm-hmm. You know, with, with the idea that hey, you're a major league ball player, but you know, you all go through slumps. Just go and, through, through some reps and and, take right, care of and you know, and they they signed uh, this D this D Gordon, you know, who's a batting champion. They've got him there. They've got alternatives. But I mean, the Brewers team right now, eleven and seven, they're for real, and there's only so long you can go if you have somebody who's who's not producing. So I was just, I was just wondering. Hmm. I, you know, what would be interesting too is that once they do start to warm up, because you assume the bats will heat up at some point, True. then all is well, right? If that pitching stays hot, you're okay. So you just stay above water for now. You can't lose. Uh, you can't win the championship in April, but you certainly can lose one in April. You, you stay above water here. You warm up a little bit, and everything will be okay. Yeah, well, uh, well, abs- absolutely. And it's a nice problem to have. I mean, it, maybe you're not debating this as much if you're like three and fourteen. But they're, they're eleven and seven. They're in first yeah, place by yeah. two games and uh, getting great defense and all. So I, I just I was wondering. But anyway, poor, poor Greg. I said, who they send down? And he was just he was just standing there. I stumped him. I said, that's okay. I didn't mean to stump you there. I was just kind of curious, you know. But m- most most likely, it was one of the pitchers or something. Right, that would yeah. be my guess. And nobody. Well, right, exactly. But I, I am wondering how long they go with Keston Hero. That's who I like. I mean, I, I yeah, rooting for him too. You're right. right absolutely. It, it's kind of like. I said this at the beginning of the year. I am absolutely thrilled that Travis Shaw is having a good year. I, back, back when they let us into the dugout for opening day things, I said this before. I, I Two years in a row, I had a chance to talk to and interview Travis Shaw, and he seems like a really good guy. Yeah, that that right. was just my, my general sense from a 10-minute conversation you know, twice a year. I'm not claiming to know him, but he seemed like a really good mm-hmm. guy. And a couple of years ago, when he just completely lost, it, you know, it just, it, again, it just, it just disappeared. 
I, I was always hoping he got it back. And so when they re-signed him and brought him in, and I, I'm just th- I was thrilled that he was able to find a place on the team, and he's doing really well. Right, yeah. he, str- he strikes me as a good guy. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. So, all right, there we go. We have solved the problems of the Brewers, at least so far. <laughs> okay, we have uh, an abbreviated show because of Brewers baseball. Our number, let's get started, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Here's, here's the deal. They... um. The House of Representatives, on pretty much a party-line vote, no Republican votes the other day, passed a bill which would make Washington, D.C. the 51st state. The the 51st state. It has to go to the Senate. It's not going to get anywhere in the Senate as long as you have a filibuster. But, but. Um, it might not even have full support of all the Democrats in the Senate. Right now, I think there's only 45 people who are on, on board with this. Here, here's the deal. When Washington, D.C. was created, Washington, D.C. is essentially like a bubble of, of the federal government. When, when the founders, when this country was founded, the idea was we are going to have the nation's capital. And the area around the nation's capital is going to be sort of like the federal bubble. It's not going to be a, a state. And they took land from Maryland. They took land from Virginia, and they turned it into, again, Washington, D.C., the idea that it's really essentially owned by the federal government. Well, the push now is, hey, you've got all these people that live in Washington, D.C. They don't have senators. They don't have congressmen. We need to give these people representation. Um, Here's the deal. The city of Washington, it's about 700,000 people. That population is lower than any state in the Union except for Wyoming and Vermont. So that, that 700 plus thousand would be, if it were to be a state, it would be the, the third lowest state. In addition, um, Washington, D.C. is about, oh, I have the numbers here, it, it's about, it, ge- geographically, it's about 60-some square miles. That, that's the size of it. Yeah, let me get it exact. 66 square miles. To give you perspective... The city of Milwaukee, not Milwaukee County, not the state of Wisconsin, the city of Milwaukee is 97 square miles. So Washington, D.C., the 66 square, it would be like saying we're going to make the city of Milwaukee a a separate state. Now, why is this being pushed by Democrats and why now? Well, it's it's real easy. If Washington, D.C. were made a state, they would receive two U.S. Senators. Washington, D.C. votes about 90% Democratic. So the thinking is, among the people who are pushing this, we would have automatically two more Democratic Senators, which would give the Democrats a, a greater likelihood and a chance that they would not lose power in the U.S. Senate. That, that is what this is all about, period, case closed. And that is why it is being pushed. Now, for people who think that maybe, just maybe what we should do, that it's not fair to have these people who live in D.C. and they don't have a voting member in Congress, well, one of the alternatives is to take Washington, D.C. and give it back to Maryland. 
That's where the, the, a lot of the space came from. They did that with Virginia in 1847. Um, Alexandria and Arlington, Virginia, which were originally part of D.C., they, they, they had taken from Virginia. They, they sent these communities back to Virginia. And so now if you live in Arlington or you live in Alexandria, you, you vote in Virginia. So if the big concern is, well, we, we don't want these 700,000 people who live in the 66-square-mile city, we don't want them to have uh, be without representation in the Senate, well, well fine, you, you, you give it back. To, to Maryland. You say, okay, now now you are part of, of Maryland. But that's not what this is all about, because this is all about a power grab, a way for the Democrats who are in power right now to try to guarantee for the foreseeable future, maybe all time, that they're going to have two extra seats in the Senate. 855-616-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I think there's all sorts of constitutional problems with this, but before we get into that, let, let's talk about the merits of this. Is this anything more than a blatant power grab by the party in power at this point in time? And my answer would be no. 855-616-1620, we discuss in a moment. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Mitch and Sturgeon Bay says, hey, hey, forget the UP. Door County is 250 square miles. Can we be a state, too? We could offset the D.C. vote. Well, well, that's exactly the point. If you were to turn D.C. into a state, like I say, the there's it's about 66 square miles. And to give you perspective, the city of Milwaukee is 97 square miles. So D.C. is about two-thirds the size of the city of Milwaukee. D.C. has a little bit of over 700,000 people. It would be the smallest state as far as population except for Wyoming and for Vermont. So the, the question is, why Why would you do that if it wasn't just, hey, this is a city that votes 90% Democrat, we're going to get these two extra senators in, and that's going to make it more difficult for Republicans to ever wrest control. That's what this is all about. If you're really concerned about representation, well, the easy way to deal with it that doesn't raise constitutional issues is you say to D.C., okay, we're now going to go back to the way it was um, in the 1840s, we're going to let you be part of Maryland. And that, then you, you can vote for you know your congressperson from Maryland. You can vote for the senators. But that's not what this is all about. This is a blatant, blatant power grab. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Jeff, Washington, D.C. is already doing more than their fair share of damage to the country without having two extra senators. Yes. Jeff, I agree. It's a blatant power grab by the Democratic Party. However... What the Republicans did to the Supreme Court last year was also a blatant power grab. Hmm. I don't know. By I don't know you mean by pushing Amy Comey Barrett through before the election? Huh. The people of D.C. deserve to be represented in some fashion. Well, yeah, that, if, if, if that's really the concern at this point in time, that, that's fine. Like I say, then what you do is what the what Congress did in the 1840s, which was they took Arlington and they took Alexandria and they returned it to Virginia. So now people who live in Arlington or they live in Alexandria, they pay taxes in Virginia. They vote for Congress people out of Virginia. They vote for senators out of Virginia. But th- this idea that we're now going to start taking, okay, individual cities and we're going to start turning these cities into separate states, where do you draw the line? And for our listeners in the Upper Peninsula, 
I mean, I, I think you can make a very, very strong argument. Your connection to the balance of lower Michigan, for example, there's just two different worlds. I mean, why shouldn't the UP be the, if we're going to make D.C. the 51st state, why shouldn't the UP be the 52nd state? Where do you end up drawing the line? Again, understand what is going on here. Pure and simple, this is, this is a blatant political power grab. You have members of the House of Representatives who see this as a one-time option. There is a tenuous, tenuous grasp on the House of Representatives. In the midterm elections, lots of smart money says that the Democrats are going to lose control of the House of Representatives. The Senate right now is 50-50, and I think, you know, it's, it's kind of a pick as to whether or not the Republicans retake control of the Senate. But understand, Democrats know right now this is the opportunity that they have because after the elections next a year from November, after that, it is quite likely that they will not have power in one of the two houses. So this is this one time chance to get this done. Now, do I think it can happen right away? No, because like I say, there is there are significant constitutional issues. There's a, a giant question as to whether Congress could take the area around D.C. that in the first amendment in in article 1 of the constitution was essentially set aside as a federal enclave and suddenly created as a state that's something that would have to go to the supreme court but the bottom line of all this is it, it it's political power pure and simple let's talk to mike in appleton hi mike yeah hi jeff um i i completely agree that it's a it's an absolute power grab um that's blatantly clear but i think the the founders in their infinite wisdom they intentionally made dc that federal enclave yes and that's because they were so concerned about the the influence or the the equality among states and so if you move simply move dc into another state say maryland or virginia that state immediately becomes a lot more influential. I mean, you need to mm-hmm. only look at the D.C. Court of Appeals, where that's seen as the gateway to the Supreme Court. Right. Imagine if all of a sudden now we make the federal capital within a state capital. Right. It just immediately gains a whole bunch of influence. Not right. not just that, but also the fact that the the how do you how do you govern? federal enclave within a state how right. does state and, rights versus federal right. rights and and, and seeing you you know you're really on i mean thanks you're you're, you're actually on to something and I, I i didn't want to get too far into the weeds on this but yeah article one of the constitution i mean essentially it, it says and, and the way this was set up is that you know there will be there's a certain amount of time the framers said that that by secession of the particular states they took some land from virginia they took some land from maryland that the federal government could control a small area in which the federal government would operate. And, and that's what this was all about. And the argument is, kind of to your point, the argument is right now in D.C., yes, it's true you do not have a senator. Yes, it's true that you don't have a voting member of Congress. But by virtue of the fact that you live in this area that is controlled by the federal government, in many cases you have a lot more power than, say, somebody who lives in rural North Dakota. And, and that's why I think there's huge constitutional issues to this as well. Bottom line is, this is a a pure political power grab, plain and simple. I don't think it's going anywhere, nor do I think it should go anywhere. Back with more in just a minute. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 
Every once in a while, you're watching television and you just feel yourself getting dumber. And, and that's what happens a lot of times if you happen to tune into The View. And yesterday was one of these classic examples. Joy Behar, who is this, this uber lefty from you know Manhattan, and Sonny Hostin, who is another big lefty, They're, they were talking about that police shooting in Columbus. And I've got a link to this story if you follow me on Twitter. It's at Jeff Wagner 620. But this is, of course, the situation where the police officer rolls up. You've got the 16-year-old girl with the knife in her hand who's on top of another girl getting ready to stab her. Here's what Joy Behar says. He, they say the cop had no choice. I don't know if that's true or not. I really can't figure it out. I've looked at the tape. I can't figure it out. Well, first of all, what's the figure out? She's getting ready to stab somebody else. Here's what I think the officer should do. Shoot the gun in the air. Shoot the gun in the air. So you roll up. Uh, you roll up. You see somebody with a steak knife getting ready to stab somebody else. They're on top of them. And so what do you do? Instead of intervening immediately, you shoot the gun in the air. Now, first of all, that bullet's going to come down somewhere into a crowd. But, okay, what is shooting the gun in the air going to do? All right, so then the person stabs the other person. She ends up dying. You shoot the gun in the air. Then she goes on to say, tase a person, shoot him in the leg, shoot him in the behind. Oh, oh, oh yes, that, that, that's it. Somebody should take Joy Behar and explain to her, look, you've been watching too many movies. It's not like the Wild Wild West. Shoot them in the leg. Shoot them in behind. Stop them somehow. Well, that's what he did. He stopped her from knifing another girl. Sometimes you watch this stuff, though, and you can just feel your IQ going down by some of the dumb things that they let some people say on TV. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us. Just a couple more minutes of the program left, and we turn it over to Brewers baseball. Brewers off to a great start. Hopefully they can continue that with a win in Chicago. All right, Congressman Glenn Grothman, and actually I, I, as I think if you're a longtime listener to this program, you know Glenn and I go way back. He was a student and a debater at Homestead High School. I was on the Nicolay High School debate team, so we've, we've known each other since you know we went to our respective high schools. Um, Glenn Grothman, unabashedly conservative, and every once in a while, you know, Glenn... Glenn will pick certain fights, and I'll sit there and I'll think, huh, I'm not sure why he's, he's picking this particular fight. But having said that, it doesn't mean that he's wrong. So the other day, he took to the House floor, actually yesterday, and he started talking about the appearance of, of Cardi B. And she, she's a rapper. She was at the Grammy Awards a while back. And she and one of, you know, one of her colleagues, Megan the Stallion, they were performing the song, which is... I, I, the, the, the song, it's, it's WAP, and as we were kidding around yesterday, I can't say what that means on the radio, and if you're going to Google it to find out what it means, don't do it from work. That, that's, just, that, that's just my bottom line. But so that they were performing a sub, somewhat edited version of this on, on the Grammys, and it's a big hit. And so Grothman goes on the floor of the House, and he says, look, I, you know, wh- where is the Federal Communications Commission on this? It said, you know, the, the FCC is supposed to be regulating stuff that goes out on the airwaves. And he says, wake up, FCC, begin to do your job. The moral decline of America is partly due to your utter complacency. And so he, he takes this on. And, of course, then she responds by saying, well, you know, with all the stuff going on in the world, this guy's upset that, you know, we're, we're doing a, a semi-obscene song, you know, on, on TV. And I, I was thinking about this. And. Again, there's lots of stuff that's going on in the world, which makes me wonder why Glenn chose to to pick this particular fight. But that being said, he is absolutely right. I I mean, look, I... 
the Supreme Court is going to be hearing a, a case involving the, the F word and whether or not a, a high school student who uses that, that term and directs that, that term towards like high school officials, whether or not you can discipline her. I, I don't know how that's going to turn out, but there's no question that there has been an ongoing coarsening of, of the, the, the discourse. And there's been a coarsening. And I understand, you know, with cable TV and stuff, words that, that previously, you know, you, you had George Carlin would say the, the seven words you can't say on TV and you couldn't say in Milwaukee. I, I understand that we, we've kicked that all through the window, out the, out the window. And I understand now it's all about this and that and everything. And, and, and we can't be judgmental and we, we can't restrict people's rights to communicate and say pretty much whatever they want. But at the same time, when you are talking about public airwaves, and this is coming from the perspective of somebody who, you know, makes his living, you know, sitting in front of an open microphone for, you know, 15 hours a week, X number of weeks out, out of the year. There are certain standards, and it does appear that we've been limiting and eliminating those standards. They, they've just to the point where it seems to me we are now in a situation where we, we either have to decide when it comes to the public airwaves, let, let's let's just drop the stuff. Let, let's drop the pretense. Let's say, you know, anything that people want to say on the public airwaves, they should be able to say them. Anything that people want to depict on the public airwaves, they should be able to do it. We, we should either get to that point or we should be able to say, you know, we, we do want to have at least some standards when it comes to public airwaves with regard to decency. Now, and, and then make a decision and go one way or the other. But in this particular case, I, I understand what Grothman is talking about. He and and maybe it's because again we're just so saturated with this stuff. Maybe it's because we hear this language all over. Maybe it's because every time you turn on cable television or whatever, you, you see these different images, and so we're saying, okay, what's well, going over the public airwaves? Why, why do we care? And, and I guess that's a legitimate point. I hope though that there's still enough people out there that, that maybe do care. That they want to stand up and say, okay, well we're. We're here, and we have do have some concerns about like decency and things of the like. And, and maybe there's maybe there's some songs, and nobody's nobody's saying you don't have a right to perform the songs, and nobody is having a right that says that you don't have a right to sell the songs. But when it comes to I don't know putting those songs out on the public airwaves, maybe you get to say enough is enough. Okay, I am out of time. Back twelve noon on Monday, full show. We do this all again. Have a great weekend, go Brewers. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ.